In the summer of 1764, the once wealthy and peaceful French province of Gévaudan fell victim to a series of brutal and wild attacks. The populace were overcome with fear. Having no explanation as to what was happening, the public hysteria spiralled out of control and created a monster. Over the next two years, the Beast of Gévaudan would ravage the land and its people, until the attack suddenly stopped. But what exactly was this creature? Some say it was a hyena, others a wolf. There have been theories suggesting a possible hybrid creature, maybe even a lion. Those who remain sceptical believe it was and must have been a wolf dog of sorts. On the other end of the spectrum, we see claims that the Beast of Gévaudan is proof of the existence of werewolves. So join me today as we dive into this mystery and try to decipher what may have been fact and what may have been fiction. The first sighting of the beast came in the summer of 1764 in the Macquois Forest, where a young woman was tending her cattle. Marie-Jean Vallée saw something that she could only describe as like a wolf, but not a wolf. The beast began to charge towards her, but the bulls and her cattle were able to keep the beast away. It made a second attempt, but this attack was also repelled. The animal retreated into the woods before Marie could make out what exactly her attacker was. The beast continued to ravage the countryside throughout the year, and the first recorded fatal attack was of a 14-year-old girl out in the fields with her cattle. The body of Jean Boulet was found mutilated in a small village in between Montpellier and Saint-Étienne. As the attacks became more common, women and children were warned not to travel alone, especially when tending cattle in the fields, as this is when the beast was most likely to strike. However, the beast of Gévaudan did not discriminate, as it would also attack men who travelled by themselves. By the end of the year, the sheer amount of attacks, as well as the fact that some attacks appeared to happen simultaneously, led people to believe that these must have been committed by more than one animal. Some eyewitness accounts reported seeing the beast accompanied by another animal. Other accounts state that the second animal was of a similar appearance but much smaller in size, leading to the theory that the beast of Gévaudan travelled with its child. What made the Beast of Gévaudan difficult to identify were the manner of the attacks. A human killed by an animal who is hunting for food makes sense. What makes less sense is how this beast in particular was more interested in tearing its victims apart. It would always start by attacking the neck and the head, but instead of feeding on the carcass, it would shred the body to pieces. Severed limbs would commonly be found scattered around the area these attacks took place. This led to the belief that the beast did not hunt out of necessity, but instead, pleasure. As news spread, it was clear the people of Gévaudan needed assistance with their monster problem. The events that took place on the 12th of January 1765 would be the catalyst for royal and state intervention. A young boy, Jacques Portefer, was tending cattle out in the fields with a group of children. It wasn't common for the beast to attack a group of people, but as they were quite young, perhaps it did not expect much of a struggle. Jacques and his companions, however, were able to fend off the beast using pikes. 
News of this attack spread fast and managed to reach the then King of France, King Louis XV. King Louis gave the boy and his companions a monetary reward for their bravery, and even provided Jack with an education that would be paid for by the state. The king then declared that Gévaudan would no longer have to suffer in silence. The French state would do everything in its power to kill the beast. King Louis's first course of action was to send First Captain Duhamel of the Clermont Prince Dragons. The captain and his guards arrived in Gévaudan, however they struggled to coordinate their efforts with the local villagers and farmers. Duhamel's time in Gévaudan was a resounding failure. He crossed paths with the beast several times, but failed to land any of the shots he fired. Duhamel's frustration reached an all-time high when his plan to intercept the beast crossing a river fell apart due to the local village not being present or even willing to cooperate. The first captain even threw his own men under the bus, citing the incompetence of his guards as another reason his attempts were unsuccessful. Needless to say, King Louis needed another plan. This time he sent two seasoned hunters who were experts in tracking and hunting wolves. The arrival of Jean-Charles Marc-Antoine and his son Jean-Francois meant it was time for Captain Duhamel to step down and return to his headquarters in Clermont. Captain Duhamel favoured the strategy of organising hunting parties, whereas Jean Charlet and his son disagreed, believing the only way to shoot the beast would be by employing a much more stealthy approach. They also believed that the beast in question would be found amongst Eurasian wolves, and that's where they chose to focus their search, using bloodhounds to aid them. However, as the attacks continued, the father and son were replaced, meaning their time in in charge of hunting the beast lasted from February until June. They were replaced by the king's lieutenant of the hunt, Francois Antoine. On September 21st, Antoine killed a large grey wolf. The size of the wolf was unlike anything he had seen before, which led to a public statement claiming they had killed what they believed to have been the beast of Gévaudan. In order for them to verify this, they needed the survivors of its attacks to help them cross-reference. The victims were able to confirm this theory by identifying the scars on the beast which they were responsible for when defending themselves. Once the body was identified, it would be sent to King Louis's palace, where Antoine's son would receive the accolades for his father, who remained in Gévaudan to hunt the partner of the beast and her two children. After killing both children, Francois returned to King Louis where he received a rather handsome monetary reward. In early December of the same year, two young boys were attacked, but the eldest was able to fend the beast off. A dozen attacks followed, which led many to believe that the beast of Gévaudan may not actually be dead. The resurgence of the attacks could no longer be ignored, and so a nobleman in Gévaudan took things into his own hands, organising a hunting party. June 19, 1767 is when the attacks were said to have finally ceased. Local hunter Jean Chastel was credited with killing the beast during a hunting party. When examining this large wolf, there were human remains found in its stomach. Considering there were no more reported attacks, these two factors were enough for the people of Gévaudan to finally believe the beast had been slain. 
Given the frequency of the attacks we discussed earlier, it's likely that both wolves slain were responsible for the attacks, hence why they slowed down after the first was slain and completely stopped when the second was slain. Over the two to three year span, the Beast of Gévaudan was responsible for hundreds of attacks and fatal injuries. The exact number, however, is a bit more difficult to gauge. Some predict around 100 children and adults were attacked. A study from 1987 estimates that there were 210 attacks, which resulted in 113 deaths and 49 injuries. 98 of the victims killed were partially eaten. None of the victims who survived died from rabies, which ruled out the possibility of rabid wolves being responsible for the attacks. Attacks from wolves in not only France but Europe as a whole was a big problem in the 18th century, and so rationalising the Beast of Gévaudan as the work of not just one wolf but perhaps a pack or even more is the most simple solution. Other theories include a runaway lion or hyena that had escaped from a zoo. The father and son hunter duo describe the beast as being much larger than a wolf, having a snout like a calf and very long hair. To some, this supports the idea that a hyena could have escaped a zoo and found itself in Gévaudan. First Captain Duhamel described the beast as having a body as long as a leopard and a breast as wide as a horse. It had fur that was red with a black stripe. He claimed that if you saw the beast, you would assume it was some kind of hybrid monster. Some witnesses describe fiery red eyes and the ability to repel bullets with ease. It could even stand on its hind legs, and thus we have the theory that it could have been a werewolf. Another theory is that there was a serial killer in Gévaudan who used the beast as a cover-up for all of the murders committed. A once peaceful and idyllic village in southern France all of a sudden becoming home to a monster responsible for hundreds of attacks certainly sounds like some kind of movie or fictional story, except it happened nearly 260 years ago and yet we still don't have a definitive answer to the most important question. What was the Beast of Gévaudan? 